Uh, but joining us right now to talk about the situation with the cyber hack at Waikato DHB. And there's a story which has been published, which is saying, as I mentioned a moment ago, that this is due to a lack of money, that things weren't properly secured and secured in a more centralised way. So to explain what perhaps National would do differently and what he thinks should be done now, Dr Shane Retty, National's health spokesperson, is with us now. Good afternoon. Yeah, hey guys, just to speak with you. G'day Shane. So the latest story being that uh, the Ministry of Health abandoned an effort to secure all DHB computer systems, citing budget constraints. What's your reaction to this? So my first reaction would be I have real sympathy for the folks at Waikato DHB. When I look back at their cyber record in the past year, it's actually not bad. It's sort of what I'd expect for a medium to large DHB. I'm really sorry for the clinical folks, the non-clinical and the patients who are trying to grapple with this. But if, if we deep, deeper dive onto this, it is disconcerting that the ministry, and I would suggest for several years, and, and the government of the day, have had the urgency that cyber requires, certainly in the health space. You know, we need to remember this full ways we can be hacked, air, land, sea and cyber. And I'm just of a view we haven't given the cyber component uh, enough urgency, uh, enough resourcing to do a good job. I know Waikato DHB of course has been protected, I can tell what applications they're using to protect themselves, but it clearly hasn't been enough. And so, so when I do a deeper dive, if I look at some of the big projects of Waikato DHB, those over $100,000, it turns out there's been at least 10 where the risk of, and some of those projects do have direct uh, cyber security um, applications. Uh, of those 10, uh, oh, there's 10 of those where the risk of it failing has been between highly probable and almost mm. certain and the consequently impact of the failure of any one of those 10 between significant to severe. So, you know, there yeah. were clearly issues there. So, I mean, who is ultimately responsible? Because the DHB model um, seems to be confusing to some people. Who is ultimately responsible for the Waikato DHB cybersecurity? Is it the, is it the Ministry of Health or is it the DHB? No. It's actually the DHB. The Ministry of Health provides guidance, uh, what they call NZISM, New Zealand Information Systems Manual, and uh, High Health Information Standards uh, Organisation. And so uh, they promulgate these guidelines, and it's for the DHB to implement those guidelines. Looking forward, are these types of attacks going to become more frequent, uh, and are they most likely to originate from overseas or domestic? Uh, yes and yes. Uh, every expectation we know with coronavirus, uh, cyber attacks have become more frequent as one, uh, people have, have stayed at home and two, need to become more computer literate, more on the network uh, because of lockdowns and so on and so forth. And uh, yes, all the evidence we have is that most uh, of the actors who are uh, attacking our infrastructure are from offshore. If you recall about two and a half, maybe three years ago, uh, I put out a piece because it was uh, obvious from some of the answers back from the DHBs that Hawke's Bay, I think it was, for example, uh, was being attacked or their exterior perimeter uh, was being probed several million times per week and the external actor was Russia. So we know that we're being probed. It's just a bit of a surprise to have a medium to large DHB. Some of the smaller ones where they might have 20 or 30 IT people, uh, yes, I could understand them being probed, but the concerns a big DHB. It got through the perimeter of this mm. big DHB. That's a worry. So with the DHB being responsible ultimately, isn't this uh, an argument for centralisation in terms of what the government's looking with the DHBs, that we, we can't have each province relying on which who has the best DHB? Shouldn't it be centralised? 
Look, on one level, you're right. Uh, the problem here is the policies were centralised. NZISM and HISO are centralised policies. It's how they're implemented, and that's where the rubber will hit the tarmac. It, it could still be centralised policies, but are they being implemented in each DHB? That's where some of the issues have been. So thinking about the, 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 the One Health Authority, do you think that that actually would be a good um, thing to avoid some of the frailties of these individual systems? I do. I do think there are some things that need to be owned by central government. Uh, I think uh, cybersecurity is one of them. I think central technologies, mass vaccination programs, PPEs, uh, they need to be owned by a central body. But I come back to my, you can own it and direct it. It's how it's implemented. That's where you need to have a lot of close monitoring, how it's implemented at each of the DHBs that actually matters. As soon as you mention it, can we ask you a quick question about the situation in Melbourne and the rollout of the vaccine in New Zealand? How are you feeling based on Melbourne's seven-day lockdown and where we are at? Look, uh, I think our concern is, uh, well, several things. Uh, we always need to make sure that our, our border is secure. We always need to make sure we have a really robust community response if we do get an outbreak. And then the third arm to that is our vaccine program. And uh, we're just a little concerned that we're not going to meet the time frame by end of year to have everyone vaccinated. Two parts to that, the front end. Do we have enough vaccinators to do the job? This is a very late uh, call-up for primary care who haven't been involved to date at all. And secondly, at the back end, we've got some concerns about the IT, but it may actually be giving the vaccines in the first place uh, that could be our hurdle, presuming, of course, we've got vaccines to give. And I see that's starting to become a bit of an issue as well. Um, just getting back to, uh, just as a, a final question on this uh, DHB security thing, are you, you know, the, the old adage of uh, closing the stable door after the horse has bolted, but are you confident mm. or reassured in any sense that this scare has meant that the rest of our systems around the DHBs are sort of being shored up now and that this is not likely to happen as easily? Look, I think this has been um, the largest cyber attack uh, on infrastructure in New Zealand. I think this has certainly been a wake-up call, and I, have, I don't have proof, but I have every expectation that every DHP is looking at their own services. Well, what we need to do for this particular instance is find out exactly uh, what door was left open and close that as quickly as we can, and then I think we're definitely up for a review to look at what we're doing, how we're doing, are we doing it appropriately, are we... Uh, practicing at the best of scope. Um, I think this is a wake-up call, but not just through the DHB sector, which I have more intimate knowledge of, but I think across all of government, I think that wake-up call needs to happen. All right, thank you very much for your time. That is Nationals Health spokesperson, Dr Shane Reddy. Enjoy your Sunday afternoon. It's now 16 minutes past three. Politics Central.